I cruise a lot and I always sail with travel insurance. You should too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the tripinsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. JT and his wife returned from a seven-night cruise aboard Carnival's Mardi Gras down there in Central Florida. It was a seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on Carnival's newest, at the time of recording, mega ship. JT, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Doug. How you been, buddy? Good, man. Uh, it's been a little while since we spoke last, so I'm excited to talk all about Mardi Gras. Before we actually get to the ship itself, you live here in Florida as well, so give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to sail this seven-night on Mardi Gras? We're over uh, in Lakeland, you know, centralized between Tampa and Orlando, and we had done the Mardi Gras and actually this Western itinerary in September last year, and we loved the ship so much, and the ports of call are great as well. So I got a really decent rate in a ocean suite and booked it and ran with it. Very cool. So you make your way down to Port Canaveral. Since you live so close to the port, maybe an hour, hour and a half or so, do you ever do any pre-cruise mm-hmm. time there or do you just kind of arrive day of? We usually get up a, a little bit early and kind of a day of and, you know, maybe go get to breakfast. You know, my wife and I just do something and drive over, get there as early as we can, you know, depending on our, our, our uh, time provided by the cruise line. Gotcha. How was your embarkation this time around? Was it like, you know, the Verifly in full force and actually working and everything? Yeah, we used Verifly. I think the check-in process was streamlined and was very quick. But I don't think still, you know, getting on board for, for whatever reason at that ship on that port, it wasn't real fast getting on board. I don't know if they had maybe had some some hiccups on the debark. I'm not sure, but check-in process was really quick and then we we sat in the suite lounge probably you know 30 minutes or so so really it really was not that bad okay and i guess there could be worse places to sit than the uh suite lounge too right i didn't complain at all yeah, exactly all. so you make your way on board mardi gras as you just said this was your second time sailing so i know my first time stepping on mardi gras it confused the heck out of me you know normally you walk into a carnival ship and you know exactly where everything is so Having known the ship at this point, what was your impressions walking on this go-around? You're right. It is not the same as any other sh- any other carnival ship with the atrium, you know. But with that said, you walk in and you're you don't really know where you're at, like you said. But if you turn to the right, there's center stage, and because I'd already learned on my first sailing that that's the heartbeat of that vessel. That is truly center stage. Everything kind of happens there. You know, you got shows there. The bigger shows, in my opinion, really happen at center stage. You know, but you got a bar there, you got coffee there, you got uh, cherry on top there, you got some shopping there. That is the heartbeat of the ship. So we were pretty familiar and kind of felt like, ah, we're here, we're at home. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned that it's kind of the heartbeat in the center of the ship. It, it almost seems like the. The big focus for the theater shows um, is moving towards that open area center part, because if you notice, like, the theaters on these newer ships, they're not as big as they used to be. No, no. I think it's because they have they have multiple locations mm-hmm. for shows, right? right? So we also want, not on this sailing, but the first time we were on in September, we watched, um, gosh dang it, uh, I can't think of the... The game show. Anyways, it was in the other, in the big stage, and it was a little bit bigger, Mm -hmm. but I didn't feel like it was 
the heartbeat. I didn't feel like it was it. It, it just didn't feel like that's where it was at compared to Center Stage. Yeah, probably Family Feud, right? There you go. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. Yeah, that was a good show. So you make your way to your ocean suite. What did you think of the uh, the accommodations throughout the week? So our first time on the Mardi Gras, we had a cove balcony. And, and just like I think everybody else has been on the Mardi Gras, they kind of say the same thing. The rooms are a little bit smaller. The bathroom design is awesome and it's gorgeous, but it's a little bit smaller. And we were on a cove balcony, so the balcony was just a little bit smaller. Well, in the Ocean Suite, it was different. The room design was the same, but the room was bigger. You had your bed and you had a couch. Well, you also had a like a privacy curtain. So the room had two TVs, one on the bed and, and one at the couch area. So like for me and my wife, we kind of wake up at two different times. So I'm able to get up and watch TV and close that curtain and block the light out. And she can get another couple hours of rest. Yeah, I, I might doze off watching the TV, but I'm still kind of awake in and out, right? So yeah. you get more room and a little bit, you know, some privacy there. You, you know, like if you said you have a family, you know, you, you're, you're, you're mom and dad and kids, you know, the kids can sleep there and stay up and watch TV and not really bother you too much. The balcony was much larger than that cove balcony. And and the bathroom, same design overall that, you know, the bone white sink and the ginormous shower. But I kind of felt on our first time when we were using the restroom that it was just small. Like, so when you sat down and you kind of got up, you, I kind of felt like I was hitting my head on the shower. This one in Ocean Suite, it was really roomy. I never felt constrained like that. Nice. Do you get any kind of extra perks staying in an Ocean Suite against a regular balcony cabin? In my opinion, the biggest thing was the priority embarkation, right? You you get to you get to embark, you know, kind of like faster the fun. So you, you get to embark before the the regular rooms. Your room is there ready to go, and your luggage was there ready to go when you got on board and you made your way to the room. Nice. You know, normally say say you got an eleven o'clock boarding time. And you get to your room, you get on board, and you're not able to get to your room till one o'clock, and your luggage might come two, three, four, five, six o'clock. You know, sometimes you're lucky to get it before dinner. Yeah. But we got on board, we walked to our rooms, room was ready. And as I'm walking up to the room, here comes our luggage right there. So it does have some perks priority embarkation, priority disembarkation, priority tendering if you're in a tender port. Uh, the next step above, because, you know, the Ocean Suite is kind of like most cruise lines and mini suite. It's their initial step into that process. It's, you know, the uh, regular suite and especially the, uh, what is it, the um, Excel Suites is really where the bigger, the the more, the nicer amenities, the specialty, you know, priority specialty dining. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where that stuff comes in. This is like the, the bottom, the, the beginning suite. Right. The dining, you were just speaking of that. Let's talk about the dining on board Mardi Gras. We'll start at the top at the Lido Deck Marketplace where there's numerous amount of venues in that whole area. So start at the buffet and we'll work out from there. What do you think of it? And are you serving yourself on Carnival? I'm going to preface it with this cruise. We did not do any specialty dining, which normally, especially on the Mardi Gras, their teppanyaki is excellent. And we just, we had it scheduled and we ended up, you know, we, we got the buffet, we got Guy's Burger, we got Shaq's Chicken, we got Street Eats, we got Guy's Pig and Anchor Barbecue. 
main dining room, there's just really no need to spend the extra money on this trip because that's, mm-hmm. it was just me and my wife. We were going to have some fun. We had the beverage package. We met some new bartenders that we're actually going to see in November on the celebration. It was just a relaxing time. So we just didn't want to, didn't, didn't focus on those other dining options. And, and we didn't regret it. Uh, the buffet area, I think this time it was a little strange. This time there didn't seem to be as many, as many food options or, or different variants of food in the buffet. It was kind of one dimensional this time. But again, it left you an opportunity to go street eats, Shaq's Chicken, Guy's Burger, uh, Blue Iguana. It left other options open. And you were serving yourself, except for the normal omelet, the fresh eggs, stuff like that. But yeah, you were serving yourself. Now, talk to us about Shaq's, what is it called? Big Chicken and what that restaurant's like, because uh, we haven't really talked about it much. Would you compare it to almost like a a Chick-fil-A? I personally am not a chicken sandwich kind of guy. It's just not my thing. Now, especially for breakfast. But their breakfast chicken is really good, sweet. Uh, their chicken, I, I don't know how you get, and it's a big piece of chicken. I do not know, and I don't understand how they get a big, thick piece of white meat chicken that when you and I cook at home is going to be dry not there. Mm-hmm. It's really moist. It's really flavorful. And uh, I personally not a Chick-fil-A fan. I'll do it once in a while. I don't like the flavor profile, but you know, Shaq's, I think they have multiple sandwich uh, with different flavor for profiles, different cheeses. I think it blows, in my opinion, I think it blows uh, Chick-fil-A out of the water personally. Now is Guy's Burger Joint, which is always a crowd favorite, is it, are they still doing breakfast on there? I believe they are. I never did it. We did either the buffet or, or shacks for breakfast. Gotcha. All right. And then um, any pizza stops? Oh, yes. But on this trip, we had some weather. So we missed a port. We stopped and rescued some people in a small boat. So there was a lot of things that were going on. And pizza on this sailing was really busy and really hard to get to. So we didn't uh, do it a lot, but they do, in my opinion, again, they've had the best carnival pizza on on that ship. And Mm -hmm. and the fungus pizza, you know, the one with the mushrooms is my favorite on that ship. It is on, on carnival. It's my favorite pizza, that one. Let's talk about the main dining room, and it's kind of a little different here because there's a different dining plan, we'll call it, against the other carnival ships where there are some venues that are complementary, like, what is it, uh, Cucina is complementary, and Guy's Pig and Anchor mm-hmm. Smokehouse is complementary, and so is um, Chebang, which is the first for carnival. How did your dining yeah. work for the main dining room, and did you do any of those, quote-unquote, free specialty restaurants? So we in the dining room, I will say this about the main dining room. They've got two main dining rooms. We had the Palm on our first one, and then we had the Flamingo in May. Mm-hmm. And the first cruise we had the Palm, I didn't, I think any, everybody in our party, we didn't really like the Palm. It seemed a little, I guess, informal. Even for an informal experience, it just seemed really informal. And the Flamingo, which we just had, seemed a little bit more formal. I don't know how two different dining rooms on a ship 
could be different like that, but it did. I just thought I got a little, a little classier vibe in the Flamingo. The one thing that my mom pointed out in September was that she didn't like that they no longer had tablecloths. You know, you know, like the the old style. You know, when we first started cruising, I'm, I'm sure you've been cruising longer than me, but you know, we started cruising in 2009, and all the tables had the tablecloths. It was a little bit fancy, and some people just don't feel like you know, feels like they feel like that, that no tablecloth is not as fancy as upscale. Doesn't yeah. bother me, but I did hear a lot of people say that. But I did notice that on this cruise, I think they were oh, I think they were over capacity. I think that was the big difference between September and May was over capacity, right? They, they you know, Carnival's saying that they're going to be at 110% capacity. And on this cruise, they most definitely, if they weren't at 95 to 100%, I, I'd be shocked. It was pretty, it was pretty busy. Nice. Well, I guess nice for the, I guess, company and revenue, but uh, for the people who were, you know, used to a less crowded ship back in September when you were on board, probably not as nice. Did you do anything like shebang or uh, guys pick an anchor smokehouse? I did feel that it was a little busier. Yes. You know, we were just talking about, but I I feel that that ship was designed to handle it. Now on Mm -hmm. weather days where, like I said, we missed that one part because of weather, that's a little, that's a different story, right? Nobody can do anything. Everybody's on board. So it was a little tighter. But I think that ship's designed to handle crowds really well. Uh, except, on you know, the $10 t-shirt sale, that era is going to be busy. So you just want to avoid that if you don't do the shopping. But we didn't do shipping. And actually, we've been on, on, the, on the ship twice. And shipping just never, that fusion type thing, it just didn't jump out to us. So we've yet to be on it. We did do uh, Pick an Acre Barbecue for a couple of dinners. And that, and their lunch, their lunch buffet is really good too. So we sat at the bar a couple nights and pick an anchor and had barbecue. So that was really good too. All right. Very good. Well, let's talk about the entertainment on this seven night cruise. How was it for y'all? We did some entertainment. We'd listened to some music and we did some country trivia at pick an anchor. I kind of felt like there were a lot of people and you know, some of those shows that, we had already seen in September, you know, they're still kind of the same shows for the most part. So we didn't partake in a lot of the big shows, but we did some of those smaller, like I said, country trivia, country music band. We spent some time at the bar. We did some big band at the center stage. So we did that kind of stuff a little bit more quaint this time for us. And it was all excellent. All right. Also, did y'all win the country music trivia? no, <laughs> uh. No, because I mean, we, I, I, I've, you and I have talked before. I know you like you some country too. Oh, yeah. But, you know, there was some stuff in there that people were, you know, were perfect. You know, I'm sitting thinking, like, man, they're playing this song. I think I know, and then I'm off, you know, just a little bit. So, no, we didn't, we didn't win. Two time country music trivia winner here, but I gave my ships on a stick away because, uh, well, I have enough of them as it is. No reason to be greedy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right share the wealth right? yeah nice do they have the uh like the electric violins and all that i'll be honest i don't remember about the violin yeah well i guess maybe with carnival doing the usually that's like an atrium staple and normally you have so much other entertainment now on that main atrium stage so it's probably a different different programming on this ship so let's talk about the days at sea you mentioned that it was kind of crowded on there how did the ship handle at sea days with crowds and congestion it's really strange because what was weird was 
Costa Maya. We missed Costa Maya because of weather. So it turns into a sea day. And that day, it just seemed uber congested on that day. And that was rain, right? So nobody's going to be outside. But every other sea day that we had, it just wasn't as congested. But on that specific day, nobody could go outside. Or they could, but, you know, who's going to go sit outside in the rain all day? Yeah. So that, every other, every other sea day, it was, it flows good because that, that ship is, in my opinion, you've been on it, it's designed to flow like that. Mm-hmm. You know, the shopping, the shopping is not on one deck down one hallway. The shopping is divided by two or three decks. Yeah. So it, it's designed to handle the flow much, in my opinion, from the other carnival ships, it's designed to handle the flow better. Yeah. So we only had we only had that busy crowd feel on on the on the one day that we missed the the port. Um, so how about the ports of call? You mentioned you missed one port of call. Taking Costa Maya out of the equation, what were your ports of call? And give us a highlight from each port. The first port was Cozumel. We really didn't do anything. We went out and hung in the port, did a little shopping, got some food, talked to some people. And that was really about it for the most part. Then we went back on board and had another guy's burger. Now we've been to Cozumel. We just did that same port in September and did the Mayans and had a great time at the ruins there. Now, so this cruise was just, we never really went in this cruise going to, you know, a lot of times on a cruise, we'll go, 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 you know, port, you know, port, port, do excursions. This wasn't all about that this time. We loved the ship so much. The ports were nice, but we didn't have to go do stuff, you know? That's not, not what we wanted to do this time. Yeah, sometimes that's a good thing, though, like just kind of little R&R and kind of come and go as you please. Definitely. And then what was next? It was supposed to be Costa Maya. And then uh, I was up early that day, and I was like, when they announced it, I was really like, really? It didn't seem that bad. You know, but, you know, you know from your experience on cruising and, you know, your family— you know, that's a 180,000-ton vessel. Mm-hmm. And what I think is one thing and what the captain thinks is another thing. And who am I to question? You know, I'm just a, a truck driver and a travel agent. Who am I to question, <laughs> you know, what the captain and what the crew and the captain say is safe, what they deem unsafe? So that, I just went about my day. That reminds me of a couple of months ago, I was sailing on Carnival Liberty out of Port Canaveral and one of the uh-huh. azipods, or not azipods, but bow thrusters, the stern thruster went bad, and they had to replace it. And people were all kind of pissed off, like, why we even need it? We don't need this thing. I'm like, if you want to get against the dock, you're going to need that thing. So unless you <laughs> want to leave the port and never come back without tugboats, you need a, uh, a bow and stern thruster. And so that kind of put it into perspective for them. Like, oh, I didn't realize that. I thought we could sail without it because we had a propeller. <laughs> well, what people also don't understand is... You know, back in the day, they didn't have it. Yeah. But back in the day, was the ship 1,100 plus feet long? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's different. You know, okay, we'll, we'll use an example. The current Mardi Gras compared to the original Mardi Gras, I guarantee you the original Mardi Gras probably didn't have it. But look at the size difference. Right. You know? So like I said, who am I to question what the captain says is unsafe? I'm not. Yeah. I'm nobody, you know? Yeah, so no. Have fun and enjoy yourself. Yeah. So so you skipped Costa Maya. Where to next? Roatan. Roatan Honduras. So initially, we did have an excursion booked for Roatan. We were going to go do the uh, monkeys again because we did it in September and had a great time. Mm-hmm. But the forecast the day before said 99.99% chance of rain, right? 
Yeah. And in the town to where that excursion is at, I know it's because we were there, it would be sloppy and a mess to get into. And we just didn't want to mess with that. And it, so we canceled it and it ended up not being like that. But what we did was if for anybody that's been to that port for carnival, you know, you get off the ship and then you got to walk up the hill. You've been there. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've been there, right? That's, yeah. You've been there. Times. Yeah. So you got to walk up that hill and for, you know, somebody who who's uh can do some walking it it can still be like man it's like 99 degrees and 99 percent humidity it's miserable but mm-hmm. you know so you get up the hill and then either you wait in line for your excursion you do a little shopping or you can walk down the hill or take the what is the airlift down the hill and into this little beachy area food beach cabanas so, we, you know, we, we walked down that hill and st- well, first we did our little window shopping, walked down the hill, got some really good food, did our, where people watch us. So we watched some people with some drinks and just, again, doing the ultra relaxation thing. That's just yeah. what this cruise was about for us. So you said that you, uh, you had the monkey excursion booked, but then you canceled it. Did you have that booked third party or did you book it through the ship and cancel it once on board? No, we, we booked it through Carnival and can, canceled it once on board. Gotcha. There was no penalty for that? You know what? They're supposed to. Mm-hmm. But if, honestly, you know, we've, we've done this before with Carnival. And, you know, maybe, after, you know, we've, pre-pandemic, they were very gracious with what they're doing. During the pandemic and the restart, they've even been more. Yeah. If you go to them, you know, the day before, even under 24 hours, and, and you'll say, hey, you know, we, we just really don't want to go flop in the mud mm-hmm. and they, they refunded it. They didn't penalize us. Gotcha. You know, I, I really truly believe, do they want the money? I mean, it's business. Of course they do. But I also truly believe that they want you to be happy. So you'll come back and spend more money the next time. Yeah. I, I think they do try to bend over for, to help you out personally. Yeah, for sure. So after Roatan, what was next? Uh, Roatan, we had a couple C days coming back. Uh, so we went Roten, and I believe next day we had that, and it was all over the news. Uh, we had a they they did a call on the radio, and it was telling us that they were there were people a boat that we wanted to stop and assist. And I posted some pictures on my social media, but we pull up on this aluminum boat that they attached fifty five gallon drums that were cut in half to I guess to try to make it bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, it did, it did not have a motor and all they had was a sail. And this was that week of the hurricane that jumped from the Pacific over the peninsula into, in, into the Gulf. Yeah. So it was a little, it was bumpy. And there were a couple of times on that little boat with 16 people on it. Wow. I could see water splashing over the side. So they stopped on there and they maneuvered around and they brought those people aboard. And then later on that day, they met a Coast Guard. I wouldn't even call it a cutter because I think a cutter is kind of a big, big boat, but a, a raft that probably came, you know, a Zodiac, mm-hmm. yeah, a big Zodiac that came from the cutter, met us and transferred those people uh, safely aboard that Coast Guard vessel. Yeah, it's crazy, man. I, I was I just did a report on this, uh, I think, two days ago on my news briefs. And mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. since October, they have come to the rescue of 3,400 migrants. I was kind of taken back by the whole situation because 
I just can't imagine, and and I don't know of anybody from our from this country. You know, we live in the United States of America. Do we have tough times right now? This is one of the, you know with the inflation, the gas prices, the with the with the fuel costs going up, the food prices go up, everything goes up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we're all disappointed. But yeah. could you imagine living in a country that you make a decision? I'm going to get on this little boat to escape what's going on here. And there's a very good chance. There's less than a 50-50 chance I'm going to make it. I just can't fathom that. Yeah. How fortunate we are. Yeah, no, it's it, it's wild. And that, that number blew my mind. It was like 33,460 rescues, which is an all-time record up by like, I think they said 100 and, or 100% or something like that, they said. It was like a crazy increase. But yeah, pretty wild. Um, so then after that, was it to Port Canaveral? Yeah, we had one more sea day and we came back to Canaveral. You know, that, that uh, I mean, you're glad to have that sea day because it, it means that we got one extra day, but we all know that the next day, that next morning, we're, we're back to reality. This or life as usual. Yeah. Reality. Yeah. How was the debark for the ship? So for us personally, when it's just my wife and I really, we, we do the self-assist, mm-hmm. right? We, we keep our luggage and we just skip on through. I, I have no desire and, and I hear people otherwise, but I personally, my wife and I, and we're so close to home. I have no desire to try to stretch out the inevitable at the very end and, and wait, you know, for my luggage and put, they put my luggage in this big area and I have to go fight it. We just take our bags. We roll it. What I, we normally do is I get the truck. My wife's right there. She gets the truck. I throw the luggage in the back and we're, we're on our way. So, you know, I think we were probably from, Hey everybody, you can go now to, to truck. You know, we were probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes top. And they're using the facial recognition. there still correct. Yes, because when you get off, you know, they basically separate you. You've either got passport or non-passport. So believe it or not, the passport line is longer than the non-passport line, which is probably a good thing because, you know, people are keeping up and renewing their passports and traveling with that single form of identification, right, because it makes mm-hmm. it easier. Yeah. But, you know, that line's a little bit longer. So, yeah, they did, did use it, but it was keeping up because I could see people – in the non-passport line that were way ahead of us. But when we walked that same center carrying our luggage, we got there at the same time. Yeah. It really puts into perspective, like how many people don't have passports. And it's kind of mind blowing to me because, I mean, I will say like until my, what, mid to late twenties, I just traveled with my birth certificate and my driver's license. But looking back and what I know now, it's like, yeah, you really need to have that passport, not just to get off the ship faster, but also in case something were to happen to you, if you were like in Nassau and broke your leg or, or whatever, had to get off the ship because of a family member um, emergency or something, you know? And then that's the biggest reason for having the passport. Like you just stated, you know, do we, as American citizens, we start, and we'll just say a closed loop cruise, right? You mm-hmm. start in Port Canaveral, you hit your three or four ports and you come back to Port Canaveral. You don't have to have a passport, but where it comes into play is for whatever reason, an injury, a family member, you're in, in you know, St. Martin and something happens, you got to get back the next day. If you don't have a passport, you cannot fly out of that country. Yeah. You have to get back, have to get back on the ship and you get back when the ship gets back. There's no emergencies, unfortunately. Yeah, it was, uh, we did a, 
an article on the site about traveling and cruising with a passport. And last year, the research I did for the article, it was like last October or whatever, it was uh, it's like 37 or 38 percent of Americans have a valid passport. So that's like, what, 60 something percent do not. Yeah. yeah. So you're still looking at the a large majority don't. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. Well, do you have any tips to offer anyone either sailing on Carnival's Mardi Gras or doing a Western Caribbean itinerary? So first thing I wanted to say, and I meant to mention earlier, so we missed that part of call, right? And the cruise lines don't give you a refund for missing that port of call. But what they are obligated to do is refund the fees and taxes for that port. So I, I want to say we we got back like $13. I mean, uh, that, that, yeah, it, it is what it is, right? But that's what you get back if they miss a port. So, so know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mardi Gras, personally, again, Mardi Gras is our favorite ship. You know, we've been on a couple Oasis. Uh, we've been on a couple Norwegians. But to date, the Mardi Gras has been our favorite ship. I think what they have done with that vessel and the design, no shower curtains on that ship. I think that vessel is a game changer for what Carnival's trying to do now and into the future. And we'll be on a celebration in November, so we'll get to see the next vessel. The ports of calls, Cozumel is, you know, depending on what cruise line you're going on and where you're docking at, you know, that, to me, in my opinion, and it's different for everybody, that's a cultural place for me because of the ruins. Mm-hmm. But you can also go to any one of the resorts for a day and just have a relaxing, good day, you know, taste testing tequila eating some food, mm-hmm. you know, so it's got, the, it's got every, a little bit of everything for everybody. Costa Maya, even though we didn't make it this time, uh, I did like Costa Maya again for the culture and for the history uh, yeah. in the area, you know, so you, you know, you're going to the ruins and you're driving down the road and off in the distance it's covered in trees or it's covered in grass, but you see this big bump. And I'm like, I, I wonder what that is. And you look over on your side, and there's another one. And you you very quickly learned that that's an an old ruin site. It's probably a pyramid that they have yet to uncover. So there's still lots of of mystery in that area, and and I really found that pretty cool too. Yeah, definitely. Are you doing the inaugural sailing from London to Miami on uh, celebration? I knew you were going to bring that up because I know you're on it. But no, <laughs> we're doing the U.S. inaugural out, gotcha. of, out of Miami the sixth day. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Are you on the six day as well, or are you just doing the crossing? No, I'm just doing the crossing. That that first cruise is over Thanksgiving, isn't it? Or is it just getting back before? Yeah. That? Yeah, yeah we, we have uh, myself with my travel agency. We have a group cruise on that U.S. inaugural. Gotcha. Very cool. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for y'all? It was two things, actually. Like I said earlier, we met some people, the staff at the, uh, the Pig and Anchor Bar, you know, it never fails to meet somebody different from a different region, from a different part of the world. When we were on the Mardi Gras in uh, September, we met a lady working as a bartender at Center Stage, and she was from the Philippines. We talked to her about the pandemic and the shutdown and how she had to go back home and work on her parents' farm. You know, hard labor. Yeah. She was very glad to be back on the Mardi Gras. Even though she wanted to be on a smaller vessel, but she was very glad to be back with her carnival family. And then here we are, you know, months later, same ship, 
different location because she was gone. We met two more people from a different region and we just spent, you know, a lot of time that week, just talking to them at the bar, uh, the bartenders at the bar and come to find out they're going to be on the celebration when we get on it in November. So we're looking forward to, to seeing them again. We've exchanged messages back and forth over the last couple of months with them. So that was pretty big for us. And the ability to take some time, you know, 30, 40 minutes from our vacation and, and rescue 16 people. Now, I had no hand in that, but I understood the impact, like we already discussed, the mm-hmm. impact that that had on everybody, the 5,700 people, passengers that were on that vessel, that the impact that it had on everybody. Yeah. yeah. One thing I didn't ask you um, before we close it out here, the casino, how was that as far as, I know it's kind of blocked off in a lot of ways where you have to open a door to get in there, but how was it as far as the cigarette smoke in and around the area? If I remember correctly, they still at that time had it kind of divided for the smoking and the non-smoking. Mm-hmm. So you had an opportunity to go to the non-smoking side, yeah. and, and that's where we opted to be, and it didn't impact us at all. Now, I can see, you know, if they're forecasting to be at 110% capacity, I can see that that will probably change, yeah. right? It, it's, it, it's, it's got to. Mm-hmm. But... Also, with it being the newest ship and having much better filtration system than we've ever had before, I think it's going to take a heck of a lot longer for that smell, that odor to really overcome everything like we see on a lot of older vessels. Yeah, gotcha. Um, Final thoughts of Carnival's Mardi Gras. The Mardi Gras has been my favorite ship to date. We absolutely love the design of the overall vessel. We like how cleanly designed the rooms were. We really like not having shower curtains anymore. But, you know, if you have an opportunity to sell on the Mardi Gras, I would definitely do it. It's just a game changer for Carnival. How is the pricing on that ship? Are they getting a premium since it's a newer ship, or is it a little on the, um, because we're, you know, ramping back up, a little on the affordable side? It's funny that you ask that. I compared it to similar cruises out of Miami and say, we'll say the horizon, right? The horizon is costing more to cruise on as an agent. I'm seeing that the rates on the horizon are more than the rates on the Mardi Gras. Interesting. So I think they're a little bit, even though it's the flagship, you know, maybe it's taxes and fees. I'm not sure why, but it's the Mardi Gras is cheaper to cruise on than the horizon is. It's good to know. We've been talking with JT on his seven-night Western Caribbean cruise on Carnival's Mardi Gras. JT, as always, good talking to you, my friend, and look forward to your next one. Yes, definitely. We'll catch up again soon, I'm sure. The big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Just back from a cruise? Let's talk about it. Email Doug at cruiseradio.net. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got here, buddy. Ba, 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 da, ba, da. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 